The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There was a Yid in prison. A Yid went to prison. Rachmanus, Rachmanus, a Yid should sit in Tvisa. Mi every day. I went to visit him a number of times. I went to visit the Yid. It was the saddest thing in the world. I can't tell you why exactly. It was sad. He also had my telephone, special number. They were allowed to call once a week, only to the pre-arranged numbers, and my number was on there. One time he called me up. I remember like it will be today. It was a Thursday. He gets on, and I said, how are you? Before he was able to answer, all I heard is he broke down crying on the telephone. Ayid, to break down not to be able to answer. In Tfisa, in prison. I didn't want to think about it. So I talked to him and I said, don't worry, we'll work on getting you out. We'll work on getting you out. That's what you say. If you could or you couldn't, you try. You give him chizuk. You try. I hung up the telephone. You got to be careful. I get a call. We're calling from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I thought it's, uh, <laughs> is it poor? Is it other yet? Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> Federal Bureau of Investigation, we would like you to appear. We are summonsing you to appear in White Plains in our office. I said, could you tell me the reason? with the charges? No, we would like to see you. It's very important. It's an urgent matter. And they told me where to come, and they told me the time, and they told me the date. I said, well, could you tell me what it has to do with? The only thing they revealed was it had to do with a phone call that was made. Okay. I called up a lawyer, one of the best lawyers that I know, a Rebbe Martin Friedlander. And I said to him, Remendela, I have a small problem. <laughs> You thought it's a traffic ticket. <laughs> I said, I got a call from the FBI. I said, what? FBI? Roof? This is serious? What'd they say? He began, Rebendal began panicking. When he began panicking already, he didn't do good for me. I started getting nervous, right? He said, well, we'll try to find out a little bit more and everything. And uh, he started to make his preparations. We're ready for the uh, Yormadin. And he said, I didn't want to get you nervous, but we're going to take along a top criminal lawyer by the name of Ross. He's going to come along, and he's also bringing a court stenographer with him. When I heard that, I was pretty nervous before then. When I heard that, it was like, I didn't know which tefillahs I should take up there. <laughs> I'm even yoved. I'm going there. Remendel Martin Friedlander's on my right, Esquire. The Ross is on my left. The court stenographers together, they brought their own court stenographer. They didn't trust it. I come in, and the FBI, they were mechabed me, I want you to know. <laughs> they brought an oilum. Kuvan Arav. I'm over there. I see the panel. The head is a woman. The head is a woman of the panel. She begins to ask me what I do. 
She begins to ask me kashas. What is my connection to that prisoner that is there, 317125? And I began to say it. What is your affiliation with him? How do you know him? Where did you first meet him? How many times did you visit him? When you visit him, what do you talk about when you go? Alamises. I began to tell all that I do. I began to speak about where I live in the different areas and the travels and anything I could think of that may touch a responsive chord in the panel. And I thought I was doing pretty good until they went and read to me the transcript of everything that I said on that conversation. When it says in the Mishnah, Oizen Shema'as, I'm not sure that's exactly what the Mishnah had in mind. But believe me, it was an Oizen Shema'as. And the person said, did you say that? What they were intimating was that I was going to facilitate, I am pretty crafty, a jailbreak. And I was going to be able to extricate him through a very uh, intricate plan of getting him out of prison. Okay. I have ties to the mafia, but they don't run that deep. When she said, when she read it, it was a little disconcerting. It came to me from Hashem. I said to her, let me ask you a question. If a mama was in the hospital and she was deathly ill and the doctors had already given the negative prognosis and her days were numbered and she were to ask you, am I going to live? What would you say to your mama? Would you say, Mama, you're going to recuperate? Mama, I'm here with you. We're going to recover. We're going to sing and dance together. Or would you tell her, Mama, your days are gone. You're done. You're dead. That's what I said. It was completely out of place. When I said it, the woman that up until then was ice cold began to cry the most. She had to put her head down. Somebody passed her a handkerchief or tissues, I don't know what it was, and she began to wipe her face. It quickly ended after that. There wasn't much more left to the whole trial. She thanked me for coming and then asked to speak to the lawyer, Ross, Michael Ross. On the way home, we had to take a train. It was a great distance. Michael Ross told me, that the woman's mother is in the hospital. End-stage illness. And her mother asked her, that day, how am I going to do? When are we going home? It was such a time for me, I want you to know, I did not tell one single person, not one person in the family, I didn't want to worry anybody. I didn't know whether I was coming home in the railroad that day or going in a different place. A person always remembers that Hashem is with us no matter what. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.